Hello and welcome everyone. I am your host, Simon, pastor of Family Life Ministries here at Christ Central SF. You are listening to the Type 5. Whether you are a new listener or have been with us from the very beginning, I wanted to thank you all for tuning in. Also, if you have any comments, questions, prayers, please send them to podcast at ChristCentralSF.com. We're going through the Psalter, and today we come to a very popular one. In fact, C.S. Lewis commenting on this psalm once said, I take this to be the greatest poem in the Psalter, and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. The psalm he is referring to is Psalm 19. And we're going to break it down right after this. Alright, well let me begin by first reading Psalm 19. It's fairly long, so bear with me. Psalm 19 goes like this. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. One good thing that has come out of the pandemic for me personally is my cooking skills have improved. It's not saying much, but I do feel more confident in the kitchen. Before, you know, I had to get everything ready. I had to make sure to double-check the recipe. I'd have to watch and re-watch YouTube videos on how to cook certain things. It would take me hours just to prep, cook, and clean everything. But now I can knock it out super quick. Bop, bop, bop. may not taste good, but I can get it done fast. And I'm still learning. I recently watched a video on how to cut an onion, and my mind was blown. There's such an easy, efficient way to do it. I love YouTube. Right now, I'm, I'm just constantly searching for new videos and, you know, obviously not everything is good, but every so often, you come across a cooking hack and it's a game changer. I'm sure all of us 
have had those moments before, those aha moments. There are times in life when, you know, you have an epiphany and, and things just become a lot clearer for you. It doesn't have to be with cooking. It can be anything. Just things just click and you and you get it and it's awesome. This is how I imagine David felt when I read Psalm 19. David here looks at creation. He looks at the law. And boom, it clicks. He is awestruck. Because what he reflects upon, what he realizes, is the beauty and majesty of our God. We have terms for this. It's called general and special revelation. General revelation refers to knowledge about God discovered through natural means, such as looking at creation. The beauty of nature suggests that there's a designer, someone who created everything. This is for all to see and know. Special revelation, however, is given to only God's people, and it is through the Bible. See, nature can give you hints that there's a God that exists, but you can't understand sin and forgiveness by looking at a tree. You need more. You need God to awaken your dead heart so that you can know God through his word. This is, once again, special revelation. David talks about both here. If you notice in verses 1 through 6, he talks about creation. So David refers to God as simply God, a very generic term. But then when he goes into talking about the law in verses 7 through 11, David refers to God as Lord, a name that only God's people would use. So first, general revelation. In verse 1, David explains how the heavens and the sky show God's glory. If you ever go visit San Diego, look up La Jolla Cliffs. I'm not a scenic guy, but that view is beautiful. It is amazing. If you have never been, go and remember Psalm 19 verse 1 because it will make so much more sense. You'll understand what David is trying to say uh, in verses 2 through 4. There he talks about how creation speaks to us. And when creation speaks, there's no language barrier. It doesn't matter if you're Chinese, Korean, Hispanic, African. Anyone can go outside and see the beauty of creation. Now, I currently live in Daly City. And let me tell you, it's not La Jolla. It's foggy. There are definitely certain places that have better scenery than others. But there is one thing we can all relate to, and that is the beauty of the sun. In verses 5-6, through six, David focuses on the sun. He, he first describes the sun as a bridegroom coming out of its chamber. Now, if you've ever been to a wedding, you know how extravagant they can be. There's so much planning. Everyone is neatly groomed in their fancy clothes because... This is meant to be a once in a lifetime celebration. This is how David portrays the sun. It's as if God has prepared a wedding and the sun is a bridegroom. And without fail, every single day, it's always beautiful, never disappoints. He then says how the sun is like a strong man running a race with joy. A strong man always likes to strut, right? He. He flexes and shows off a little bit. Wears a a t-shirt that's a little too tight. 
This is like the sun. It struts its beauty to the whole world and there's nothing hidden from its heat. You can't escape it. And the reason why David ultimately talks about all of this is to point to the Creator. If the creation is this good, then it shows us a small glimpse of a far greater Creator. It's like seeing footprints in the sand. It doesn't obviously prove that someone was there, but it gives us a very strong hint. Likewise, when we look at the beauty of creation, it screams of the existence of a beautiful Creator. Now we come to special revelation. Starting in verse 7, David describes a word in six different ways. And after each description, he explains what that means for us. So in verse 7, David first writes that the law is perfect. It is exactly what we need. Nothing more, nothing less. It is everything God wants to communicate, which is why it revives our soul. Next, he says that the testimony is sure. You can trust in the Bible. You can count on it. That's why those who trust in it will become wise. It will not let you down. Verse 8, he says the precepts are right. It is morally perfect because it comes from God. And that brings comfort and joy to David. Next, he says the commands are pure. God is not trying to manipulate you. There's no hidden fees. This is all you need which is why it enlightens David's eyes. Next, the fear of the Lord is clean. Here David is saying, God is so great, we should approach him with a sense of awe. It's like when you see a celebrity, there's this awe factor when you're around them. But see, eventually, if you see them enough, that will go away. God's awe factor, however, is never-ending. It will endure forever. And then lastly, David says the rules are true and altogether righteous. It is better and more valuable than anything in this world, more valuable than gold or honey, because by them your servant is warned, and by keeping them there is a great reward. What does he mean by this? For David, the law wasn't just a guidebook. It wasn't just a a self-help book, but it was a matter of life and death. This is why the Bible is priceless. You could have all the money in the world, all the Bitcoin in the world, But if you don't know the word, all is vanity. The reverse is true also. You could have nothing. Your net worth could be zero. Or for many of us, it's negative because you're in debt. But if you have the word, which points to Jesus, know that you have everything. After reflecting on general and special revelation, David switches his focus on himself. He realizes that it's not enough to just simply know that God exists. You must have an intimate relationship with Him. And this is where the problem lies. For no one is worthy enough to go to God because no one can keep His commands. No one is holy. No one is perfect. 
In verses uh, 12 and 13, we see that David asks God, he, he begs God to declare him innocent. But it isn't that simple, right? God cannot accept David for who he is because our God is a perfect judge. Sin separates us from God. But there is good news. God does indeed answer David's prayers. And he does so by giving us his son. Jesus obeyed the law perfectly. He alone earned the, the great reward. But instead he was given death. Why? Because this is what it took for us to be reconciled to God our Father. We are blameless, innocent of all transgressions. Because Jesus was condemned in our place. And see now, through him... We have eternal life. Through Him, we have a hope that goes beyond this world. The more we understand that, the more we will want to pray these last words with David. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Whether you are having a great week or a terrible week, let us remember to look to Jesus and strive with David to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable in his eyes. That's it for this podcast. Again, if you have questions, prayers, comments, email us at podcast at Have a great week, everyone.